Hi, everybody. Welcome to another PR Masters podcast, where you get to hear the stories and wisdom of our industry's most successful leaders and legends. And nobody's counting, but by the way, this is number 79. This is our 79th podcast, and we have a great, great legend in our industry to share it with us. I'm Mark Stevens, your host, and I am pleased to report that today's guest is one of my favorite people in the world, in not only in the industry, but in the world. He's won a lot of awards. His agency has grown rapidly, and he is a renowned individual and credited for so many good things for our industry. I speak of none other than Tom Coyne, who is the chief executive officer of Coyne Public Relations. So Tom has created a strategic communications firm that offers a full range of marketing services to worldwide interests, not just domestically, but international. Tom's vision and dedication have led Coyne to become a top 20 independent firm in the United States. That's really saying something. And under his direction, Coin PR has garnered more than 1,000 industry awards. Wow, 1,000 industry awards for communications excellence in the past decade, including being named PR Week's Mid-Size Agency of the Year, Consumer Agency of the Year, Creative Agency of the Year, and Best Agency to Work For by Provoke Media and PR News and Mid-Size Agency of the Year and Top Place to Work by New Jersey Biz. So the award list goes on and on, but he has been recognized as a finalist for PR Week PR Professional of the Year, PR Week's 40 Under 40 list, PR News CEO of the Year, and so on. And I had the pleasure of sharing an evening with Tom recently at the New York chapter of PRSA, their Big Apple Award last month, where Tom won a very coveted prize and uh, offered us a very, very impassioned commentary. So, Tom, I'm really pleased to have you with us today. How are you doing? I'm terrific, Art, and uh, thank you for that terrific introduction, and um, you are a great friend, and uh, I'm a great admirer of you also. So uh, the feeling is mutual on this call. (laughs) Well, thank you, but this call is about you. (laughs) So I have an opening question for you, Tom. You know, your agency has been one of the hottest tickets in town, really. Your revenues have increased dramatically. You handle any number of blue-chip clients, and the quality of life within your agency is renowned. How did you do it? Well, we're mission-driven. That is the, that's the, where we start. We, we strive to be the best place to work, and that's where we go with it. And, like, and our mission is all built around that. It's like, we don't, you know, we've always said we're not going to try to be the best agency in the world. We just want to be the best one to work for. Because if we're the best place to work, we're going to attract the best people. And the best people will attract clients. And then how are you not the best agency? And that's always what we've done. And it's worked out. And we fold that together so we think culture first. But we also have a relentless focus on innovation and, like, really, like, you know, riding the wave. Like, we like to – we see the new technologies and we play with them and we try them out and we move forward. That's – we love that. We love these tools. We could communicate better with people in more precise manners. That's what we're always doing every day here. Wow. Well, you certainly did it. And so, Tom, you know, given the growth of, of your agency, how has your role within the agency changed? Well, my role is, like – my role is interesting because you're right, it is an evolving role. So I you know, I started out as a one man band. I was I was both the accountant, the IT guy, 
the new business executive after five at night, etc. And also, probably the best media pitcher you would ever meet back in the day. <laughs> and um, and I just loved it. You know, I loved what we do here, and I loved solving problems for clients and selling stories. My role now is like it. You know, it's you know, it's really I jump in and out of different work. You know. Um, you know, well, Walt Disney used to say his role at the Disney company was where he would act like a bee. He'd go room to room and pollinate ideas. He'd <laughs> check in, see if he can improve them. Mine's a little bit like that here, but I really try to, like, be as strategic as I can. I'm trying to set a long-term vision for the company while maintaining core values is uh, is always a, a challenge. Like, we we constantly – you can talk to my HR team – Everything we do here, we measure back against our mission. Is this what the best place to work does? Because it's in the small decisions that you can lose your culture. And so, you know, I try to, I try to make sure that I'm the um, the standard bearer for all our work. So, you indicate that you're playing with various new things as they enter the world. How do you how, do? You have a systematic plan whereby you try to stay current as well as stay ahead of your competitors. Yeah, I mean. What we generally do is, um, you know, uh, in my journey even, like, specific to, like, what's happening now in the world of AI, like, we're, you know, um, my journey started in December of 2021 with it, where we were, um, where, you know, we said we want to be, you know, the most technologically advanced firm, which is a high calling for an independent firm, but, like, just started engaging, like, finding out what everybody's doing in the space, you know, I fell I fell backwards into the where I ended up in the beta chat beta test of ChatGPT early on, and then just kind of continued to fall in love with the technologies. Like I respect, like I I kind of look at this business as it's part art and part science. You know what I mean? And like yeah. you know, so so the art is the creativity and the storytelling and the empathy and you know, but the, the science of it is still. You know, how do you make sure that you're, you know, you're reaching the right publics? How are you making sure that you're making sure you're paying attention to every audience? And how are you measuring from an analysis analysis standpoint? So fast forward to now, like this past summer, we were named the first enterprise partner of uh, ChatGPT in the communication fields globally. Wow, wow. So like we 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 were in early. I mean, it was funny. It's like. Um, you know, we're you know they were still figuring out what is the enterprise partner relationship, you know, as we were kind of embarking on it together. So, um, you know, but also we do everything safe, safe and secure here. Like we don't, you know, we don't put confidential information in. But as an enterprise partner, now you can. You know, it's 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 like you have to respect technology, but also you have to like to like you know keep the ultimate trust of your clients. Yeah. So while we're on the subject of technology and AI, what is your view of AI in terms of its role, the ramifications of uh, getting more into it, and the future of it? And and how do you see it in the PR industry, and how do you see it in your agency? Well, I, my, my, my feeling on it is I have great reverence for it and respect. You know, the idea of it is I think some of the greatest minds out there are still trying to fully understand what it can do. I mean, you could watch, you know, 60-minute 60, 60 episodes from earlier in this year where they talk to the CEOs of the major AI companies, and their their feeling is they there's still parts of it they're figuring out. So 
but when it comes to our industry, I use it um, I use it really for to expand the creative aperture here, to test <clears throat> ideas, you know, and that's where I look at it in a you know in a different way. Like it offers so many exciting possibilities for PR, predictive analytics, content personalization, the ability to enhance creativity and efficiency, but it's not going to replace it. You know what I mean? It's right, still like, right, yeah. So the idea of it is it'll give you an idea. It, it'll, it'll, you know, I call, you know, what AI does for the PR industry, you know, to give a sports analogy, it'll get you in field goal range, but it will not get you across the goal line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll get you down yeah. the field. It'll get you yeah. there fast. But you still, it's still not where it needs to be that way. So you could say, hey, what would an event look like in Times Square that did this and this and this, and what would Good Good Morning America say about it? So that gives you kind of a it gives you a, a construct. It it frames the house, but it doesn't it doesn't put the walls up. It doesn't color the walls. Right. You know what I mean? That's where we come in. You know? Yeah. You know, it's both exciting and scary at the same time, isn't it? Absolutely, I think so. I think as all things are, nothing like a great roller coaster. You know what I mean? <laughs> and let's face it, you, on, right? <laughs> listen, you rode the agency business just like I do. It literally is yeah. a roller coaster. You know, yeah, because it is. It, is. it certainly is. It, yeah. And I so, talk to my people about it just like you have probably over the years. Like, so think of all the stuff we've lived through. You know, when yeah, we came in, yeah. it was it was faxing, mailing, press releases, and just long term. Relationships with major M- media, mimeograph typewriters, mimeograph exactly, <laughs> exactly. Art like we were there together. You know what I mean? Yes, we were. And then, we were. and then, then next came, next came the internet came aboard. Yeah. Yeah. So then we yeah. figured out media there. Then came the, the birth of e-commerce. Right. Right. But then came social media. Yeah. Now yeah. we're in the next one, which is AI, and I think it's um, you know, it's it's important. Like I, I feel like. We are more important than ever in the PR world, and let me tell you why, okay? Sure. Because what, sure. what's going to be – what's happening now is – and you're seeing this starting to be more pervasive. You're going to see more AI-based news stations and outlets where they're relying more and more on it, okay? Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I think what you're going to find is I think AI will look for – credible sources, the most reliable sources to, to garner their information. So they're going to look to, you know, outlets that have editorial boards and have a review process and fact-checked and verify their facts. And then that's where they're going to look to pull their data from or pull their insights from. You know, like, so earned media, you may see even a bigger resurgence from it. It just may come back a different way. That's interesting. Never thought of it that way. That's very well, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, like what's the old saying in hockey? You got to, you know, don't skate to the puck, skate to where it's going. Yeah. So if you yeah, got, if yeah, you figure yeah. like people are going to start, you know, using, you know, using um, AI and different portals, whether it's ChatGPT or Bard or others, and asking the questions, that AI has to draw its insight from somewhere. And you'd think if it's that intelligent, it's going to go to the places they know have been vetted and verified. Mm. And have sources, and that's where, and that's where our business thrives. Wow! Yeah, that is that is a very positive outlook, isn't it? Hey, In other words, you're all, you're very you're very sanguine about the the PR business as well as the agency business. I've, from what you're saying, 
Yeah, I mean, the key to this thing, though, is like, you know, the key is that you just you 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 move with it. Like, you know, the just like um, just like you know, everything has to have like emotion to it. You know, and you know this as well as I do. And you know, when you when you run an agency, an agency is much more of a river than a lake. You're going to step in and out of it, and it's a different body. It's changing every day. Interesting. You know what I mean? Interesting, yeah. Yes. So we're going to evolve, and we're going to, and, and we're going to ride the wave. To, is, that's my approach on it. Well, speaking of evolving, Tom, and this is a question I, I ask uh, many of our PR master's guests, because we all got into public relations in different ways. I know I did, and, of course, some people got in, in it by accident. Others did it by design. How did you get into public relations? Well, so I've always I've always been interested in communications and politics and all these different topics out there. I believe in the power of story. You know, I had my grandfather was a state senator in New Jersey many moons ago. <laughs> mm. um, you know, so I've always been involved in different in politics and other areas. I do. I just feel like. Story has always had the opportunity to move people. It like, it'll it'll little it'll fund a charity, it'll elect a good politician, you know it'll like it'll help define a factory and the importance of a town. So I always look at those. I, I just think it's it's the most powerful thing you can have out there. I think you know, you know, uh, great accounting is important also, <laughs> especially if you're running a company. But like yeah. the power of story really can change the world for people because people want to be inspired. There's a, there's groups of people out there who want to know, they want to be able to help the people out there. Whether it's I buy a product from a company that's good, or I support a charity that's good, or I put my resources behind the you know an elected official who's earned the position. So, you know, it's 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 a it's a powerful thing. Yeah, but how did you get started in it? So what happens is I went to school, and I um, early on, um, you know, I decided to be a communication major uh, because I loved communications. I went to Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. Oh, I was, uh, yeah, I was uh, on the football team, captain of the football team that that we uh, won our conference our senior year, which I still brag about. <laughs> and um, but um, up there, I. Um, I just really enjoyed it. You know, this is this is pre-internet, so there was a lot out there in the broadcast fields and understanding the broadcast spectrum and how people um, how people communicated. I remember I had the opportunity. I wanted to go away. You know, I wanted to go away for spring break and didn't have any money, so I wrote and illustrated a brochure for a charity, um, the Passaic County Elks. And I, um, it was a $300 budget, <laughs> and I wrote the tagline. I literally, uh, and I illustrated, and I made $300, and that got me to go into spring break. And ever since then, I just, I've been an entrepreneur. I, I came out of college, and I opened my agency as soon as I got out of college, and um, literally went door to door trying to get people to hire me to do their PR. Wow, and it was crazy. That's unusual yeah. because usually people who start agencies, like myself, you know, have had some prior experience, you know, and working for somebody else. And then one day you say to yourself, uh, 
you know, I'm just going to do it. I want to do my own thing. I don't want, I don't want to work for anybody else. I don't want to report to anybody else. I want to run my own shop. I mean, is that kind of part of what happened with you? No, what's weird about it is I came out of school. Economy wasn't particularly great in 91. And I said, um, you know what? I'm going to open my own company. And I didn't know what I was doing at all. I literally, you know, I said, well, I need a bank account. You know what I mean? I need, I need a name. So literally, I went to the Hall of Records. I'm like, how do I register a name? How do I open a bank? I went step by step. And, um, you know, I had an uncle who worked in a labor union who said, hey, you can write our newsletter. And then I started running political campaigns for people, you know, local council people. And then I started taking on nonprofits. And each one led to the next thing. So next thing I know, I'm representing labor unions. I'm representing I'm running six, seven campaigns a season. I'm representing a bunch of nonprofits and I'm landing like good stories, like front page Star Ledger stories, <laughs> driving business for them and and then it just kinda grew from there. It was just one thing at a time. You know, it's and it was all just happenstance. And then somebody let me in the side door in Nabisco and then we went from no business to being Nabisco's top agency. Wow. 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 Yeah. Well, you know, you were one of the very few people I know, Tom, who actually started a public relations firm right after graduating from college. I mean, that is really, that's remarkable. I mean, most people don't even know what they want to do when they graduate from college. Yeah. You, you obviously had a clear vision ahead of you. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think what happened along the way was each 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 day, like, you know, I always talked about this. Like, I know, I learned how to run a two-person agency because I ran a one-person agency. I learned how to run a five-person agency because I, you know, ran a four-person agency, and that's the way it grew. You know, there was no outside funding. You know, you know, literally, I'm telling you, like I, I, I networked all my computers by staying up all night on the phone with CompUSA because I couldn't afford an IT guy. Even Rich Lucas is our president now. When he joined me 20 years ago, he would go home at night, I'd wait for everyone to leave, and I'd empty all the garbage cans. <laughs> <laughs> when he first joined, because I didn't want him, anyone to know that I didn't have enough money for a cleaning service. <laughs> Did you cook all the meals too for your? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> How many employees do you have now, Tom? Got um, let's see, 175. With, well, you know, that's and then a long ride from from two, four, or five, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, and it's a great. Wow. It's a great group wow. of people. I mean, it's funny. It's like. If I even look at my leadership team, I think, you know, the you know, I, I probably have like 21, 22 people on my leadership team. I think the average tenure is probably almost 20 years at this point for a lot of them, you know? Yeah. So what are the main reasons that somebody would choose your agency, you know, currently? Over, over like another agency or just yeah, from support? I, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, over I, another I, agency. I think first, I think the idea of um, – I think the the idea of like working with senior people, a little bit of the Jerry Maguire side of things, the idea of like your you know your contact, you're you're literally talking to SVPs and VPs like every day on your business, because like we have a um, you know the way we're structured here is you know we're one P and L, so I want the best person on the account who can do the work, and you know we're not about we're not about driving like you know crazy profits and you know what I mean it's like how do we do great work and how do we like give the client a you know really you know um you know a great value for their for their um 
for the opportunities, you know, and they, and then we think great work turns into more great work. Um, but I think, and the other thing is, for some reason, I just think we we come up with ideas other people don't. Hmm. I mean, that's the that's the way they used to open a lot of meetings at Disney with me. Okay, tell me the idea we can't think of. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, was, I was like, oh, my God, this is Disney. But, you know what I mean? They're, like, incredibly creative. But, like, we that's the bar we put for ourselves is if somebody else can think of it, we don't want to present it to you. So that's the way we've always done well, it. Isn't that, that's interesting. That's an interesting way yeah. to look at it. Yeah. Um, well, I can see that it's worked. So, yeah. you know, you, you're also, aside from, obviously, the creativity and the ideas that you come up with, your agency is, as you indicated, is renowned for its quality of life is a great place to work. What are some of the things you decided to do, you know, to to help further embellish the concept of quality of life within your agency? Well, it's funny. It's like we have a long list of, like, benefits, like, that are good, right? You know, we have great maternity policy, and we have unlimited PTO and all those things. And I think, you know, it's funny. It's like we had a lot of this stuff early, you know, and a lot of it have kind of turned into table stakes, you know what I mean, to me, right? And because I think the world caught up to that, you know, in our offices, we have everything from putting greens to cornhole boards to shuffleboard, ping pong, all that. You know, we've had that for a long time, and all those are great, fun benefits. I think the number one thing to have a great culture is truly manage with empathy. See people as people. You know, like, the number one thing I would tell other people running any company or any team, you know, like, a lot of people focus on the eight hours people are here, and they forget to think about what they may be encountering in the other 16. You know what I mean? And that's and that's never been more important than, than in recent years. Like, you know, think about the whole person. They may be going through something in their personal life or with their family, and be empathetic, actually care. And that's... You know, some have, some some you know some people do that very well and naturally, and other people, you know, it's hard for them to like work, be able to be excellent at work and excellent to people. Like our standard is like be good to the people because that's our business. Is we're you know like you you know we have wonderful people and you should treat them with respect. So that's the difference of when you have a culture. I think people would tell you I really care. And I think that's what helps. Well, that I, you know, that I know. <laughs> yeah, you're, I know. A good, you're a good gentleman, aren't you? You always have cared, without question. Yeah. You know. So, what about your personal quality of life? Do you practice uh, what you preach? Yes, I actually do. You know, the funny thing is, is um, I've been I was gifted like with not needing a lot of sleep. You know, early on. Hmm. So, uh, you know, so I would literally be. You know, I'm fine going to bed at 1 in the morning, you know, and getting up at 6.30. I'm fine, mm-hmm. you know, rolling through life a little bit. But the funny thing is, is, like, I would, I never missed any of my kids' sports games. I'd always be there for the recitals. I wouldn't, I just, I would always do that. You know, I'd fly to the West Coast to a meeting and fly back on the red eye to be back for family moments, always. Like, mm-hmm. I just felt like it was important. My wife set my vacation schedule, and I went to them. You know what I mean? But yeah, you know, yeah. but I would I would sneak away when everyone's, you know, settled and I'd go back to work quietly. You know what I mean? So but that's the kind of cuz I I just feel like you know I say that to my team here like don't miss the life moments. You're not going to get a second shot at your child's third grade play. You're just not. Right, You're not going right. to get a second championship game at your kid in high school. Just show up. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be other yeah. meetings, and we can cover these, you know? So so do you have any hobbies that uh, that you turn to? Oh, let's see. Hobbies. Oh, my goodness. I think, um, well, I love, you know, I spend time with family. I go down to the Jersey Shore in the summer, and I, um, you know, love live music and, uh, you know, a uh, scar on the porch and some beers and hanging out with friends. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I um, you know I play some golf, but not well. <laughs> and um, you know, same as me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure you can beat me hard. <laughs> but but yeah, I you know it's um, you know it's it's really family and friends and um, spending time with loved ones. That's probably my biggest hobby right now. You know. Wow. Yeah. Well, bless you for that. <laughs> really. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you consider your style of management to be? I think you know you. You indicated earlier that, uh, you know, you'd buzz from room to room and all that stuff. In a broader sense, now that you've run a business for how many years? How, how old is the coin agency? 30, uh, it's, it's, it's over 30 now. So it was 1991, okay. so 32. Right. right. You've learned to run a business with an increasing number of employees and obviously an increasing roster of clients and all the headaches and the good times that go with them. <laughs> yeah, but totally. How would you categorize your style of management? Um my style of ma- management is like um um I'm an entrepreneur's entrepreneur is the first part like I'm not afraid to take chances but you know I always try to make them as calculated as I can and I and I try not to risk things that would you know put the business in harm's way but I think always you got to spend a certain part of what you're doing here at the company of like just trying to new new things all the time so I'm I'm entrepreneurial is part one. I would say part two is my style is very empathetic. And, um, you know, the third thing I am is I'm I'm just very honest. Like, you know, like I don't, you know, I I don't take the last dollar off the table. I literally, if we don't do good work or if we didn't, if we didn't earn our fees, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would just say give them back or I'd say let me try it again. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, you know, I'm I, I you know, I, I sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit old school, honestly, like or I or maybe it's just the ideal I have of people that like people, you know, you have to value people and you have to remember try not to remember the last 5 minutes of your relationship and respect the last 5 years of it and the contributions they've made to you whether whether it's as a client and how much they've done to like make this company possible or whether it's as an employee about all the work they've done so you know so um my management style is um i guess you could deem it as old school like old school and just trying to like do the right thing you know I would deem it as good school. <laughs> yes, good school is a good way to put it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. You just—it's what would you want? You know what I mean? You, I mean, you know, this is the holidays. You could be—you could be old Fezziwig, or you could be Scrooge. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, Both get the job done. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Right. In a lot of respects, but you know, it's—it's—it's—it's—it's yeah. it's, 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 it's fighting. It, it's how you're looking at the workplace. Is it a collaborative? In a you know, or is it a or are you are you trying to drive people for money? You know, I think yeah. you can kind of have both. Well, it's worked, Tom. Obviously, yeah. it has, it's worked well for you. So, so here's a serious question. <laughs> okay. Where do you think public relations is as a profession currently, and and uh, where do you think it's going? Well, I mean, to me, where it is where it is now, I think it's. 
I think it's in a very, it's just in a very exciting time. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's rapidly evolving, okay? And it's, I feel like we are in the middle of, um, you know, um, a little bit of a scrum with different disciplines where, like, you know, between social media, digital, and influencer, there's a lot of back and forth. Like, you know, you could go to any given company and you'll have different parts of the company are managing different parts of the communications right now just because, like, the, ad, you know, advertising's evolved also. So I think there's a little bit of a um, there's a little bit of a churn, kind of like where the uh, the river meets the ocean. <laughs> there's a lot of that going on about yeah. Yeah. where every you know like who is the right person for each job, you know. So I still think um, I think I think PR has a very bright future future, you know, because because of my you know my views on AI are like you know I think that you know earned media and like you know and truly vetted media that is, you know, formed correctly and cited correctly and not just a paid, you know, paid relationship are going to carry much more validity in the future, you know, and, you know, the other side of it is I just feel like, you know, so much has evolved where the two-way conversation, I mean, we've been doing two-way conversations for more than 100 years in our industry, Mm. you know, like, you know, like, you know, PR people, you know, have to listen as well as speak, and that's that was always our art, the two-way conversation, and you know, and the other thing too is we're very good about in public relations is we understand how messages can refract. You know, you so whether it's you're giving us, you know, you're pitching a story to the New York Times, or whether you're talking to an influencer, you have to understand how it will refract refract through those relationships, so you can have your message just really be as accurate and clear as possible. So. You know, that's what I always think, you know, you know, um, I'm a big believer in what we do here because, you know, um, you know, we've always been the ones who have had to work around the bigger objects. It's always the big advertising campaign and then PR evolves around it. Or it might be like, you know, the vision of a CEO that we bring to life, you know, so I think we're, I think there's a, lo- a bright future for us helping navigate what is a, which is a very scary landscape for a pro- probably a lot of um, companies and organizations out there. Yeah. Do you have like you know any one crowning achievement in your professional life that you think about and call upon? You know when you describe yourself to prospective clients or or present clients. That's a that's a good question, Art. You are you're good at this. <laughs> no wonder you got no wonder you got seventy nine under your belt. <laughs> right? So uh I'd have to say, um I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of highlights over there's a lot of client highlights over the years where we've won major pitches, um, you know, like um I remember like, you know, when you go into a company and you're early in our career when we were four or five people and you know, going into Nabisco and, you know, growing through Nabisco and working on brands like Lifesavers and Oreos, that was one kind of crowning achievement for us. Then when we were 30 people, we go into Disney and we become their first AOR for parks. And, mm-hmm. then, you know, we were, we were one of 12 agencies. Yeah. And, you know, we, we broke through there. Um, you know, so each milestone has, like, brought us along the way. It's... um. You know, the fun thing about this business is you can kind of surprise yourself every day. And, um, you know, I just have this belief there's nothing we can't do here at the firm. 
And, you know, in I don't know. I, and I have great respect for all of my competitors, too. You know what I mean? For all the other firms out there, like, I just, you know, I judge all the awards, and I and I know a lot of the other leaders, and I have great respect for them. They're all they're all really, they're, they all bring really great things to the table. And so um, I know every time we go in, or, you know, or anywhere we go, that we're going to be well challenged. So it's uh, it's kind of like you're, you know, every day you're getting ready for the big game, and it keeps you really sharp. Yeah. No, I think I think that obviously, you know, to my mind, you know, the concepts of of creativity and ideas uh, really distinguishes you from from other agencies, you know, because, uh, you know, I kind of have a bird's eye view of a lot of agencies out there, given what I presently do. And, you know, I see that the style of some are more passive, you know, where they take input from the client and really implement. but you're you're one of the few who comes up with really incredible ideas and the uh, the creativity to go with it and take it all the way into the end zone. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I mean that's very first very kind of you to say, but but it really is in our ethos here. Like we just I don't know we love the creative ideas, but like we love it with a with a purpose. Like we love the idea that if we come up with the idea that could break through or tell the story the right way or like. You know, does it tell the story with the sound down on the TV? Will an influencer be able to articulate it authentically so it feels very, very legitimate? You know what I mean? In the sense of, like, this is a natural conversation. You know, those are the ideas. And the key to me, I always, like, think about this. And I've said this years ago, and people always look at me like there's a dog whistle going off, okay? (laughs) I trade creativity like a lost wallet a little bit, okay? Like, great ideas, and the reason I, I use the analogy like a lost wallet is like I can lose a lot of things in my office, and I'll look for f- a few minutes. And if it's important, I'll look for, a, you know, an hour. But certain things you'll look for days for. And I always use the analogy of a, a wallet or a car keys. Like, it'll drive you crazy if you don't get it. And that's the way we do it with our ideas. Like, we'll have ten ideas, and we're like, these are good, but, you know, and then we'll just keep going and keep going and keep going. And it's like, next thing you know, it's three in the morning. And you're like, okay, <laughs> like, we got to go home. But like, it's always like that, you know, it, you feel like you want to like really, you want to really break through. You know what I mean? Sometimes we break through so far, the client's like, whoa, this is a little crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> but we, we do love it. It's, it's, you know, cause what are the thir- first three letters of news are new? <laughs> right. And that's the way I say to people here. Yeah. First three letters of news are new. So are we really giving somebody something new? Are we showing them a visual that they've never seen? Are we giving them something they would pay for? Because that's essentially what they're doing when they're clicking or they're visiting or they're even right. putting down, right. yeah. putting yeah. down a, you know, a dollar for something, you know? Yeah. What is in public relations doing that you think it should? If anything, well, public relations. Uh, you know, I think what it should be doing is, um, I think we need to do a better job of getting what we do into the high schools. I think we have to reach younger as a profession, and like somehow get into like a little deeper into high school curriculums, and um, just because I think what happens is a lot of people you know, especially first-generation college students will go to school 
And, you know, they'll be thinking more conventional fields, business degrees. They'll be thinking, you know, um, you know, law and different things. And I don't know if public relations ever gets fully cultivated because by the time you're in college, a lot of times those majors are already committed to. And I think we lose out on a lot of, you know, you know, uh, you know, a broader spectrum of people. You know, so I think if we could educate more to people who are younger about what this field is, I think we'll see, you know, even more interesting people come into it and more interesting work come out of those people. So as a follow-up question to that, Tom, uh, why should young people consider public relations as a career? Because it's the greatest career ever. (laughs) I mean, think about this. We get paid to come up with ideas for a living. We sit here and we dream up very interesting things, or we get, or we get the most challenging puzzles that are our crisis, or we get the opportunity to fund a charity with our work, or we get the opportunity to, you know, save a company from peril, you know, or to like support somebody and get the word out on a recall to save lives. I mean, it's a fun job. It's it, it you know, you get everything in this job. It's like. You get to be creative. You get to be strategic. You you know you you know you get to like you know drive a business. So I I, I think it's um it, it's intellectually stimulating, and I find the conversations with people who work at agencies and who like lead agencies, their knowledge base is so broad. <laughs> you know, like when you sit down with these folks. They could tell you world events. They could tell you business implications. They could tell you creative ideas, and they could tell you fashion yeah. trends. You know, all before the appetizer gets there. You know, that is true. That is very true. I, I, yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, man, we're uh, we're a hell of a good dinner partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we know how to carry a story. <laughs> we do, Art, and, and as you do, as I've heard them. <laughs> Tom, are you are you at all concerned about the future of our country? Uh, well, you know what it is. I think I think people got to remember that you know democracy is delicate, and society is more delicate than they think. And I think you know they have to um, they have to you know understand the fact that like you know we sh- we have to learn to be able to disagree without being disagreeable. And I think what's going on right now is the challenge. I think with our country is there's been a dissolution of like um uh of beliefs in different organizations i think religious you know um you know you know when you talk about like the catholic church or you talk about people's belief in government or people's belief in um you know the companies they work for i think a lot of that's been fractured due to different you know different issues that have happened over the years so even when you look at like whether it's the elks club or the knights of columbus or the women's clubs their participation's all down. We're 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 all we're kind of like tribal animals. That's what we all are. We need to be in groups. So what's going on now is you're having these groups form in social media that are really just getting information in echo chambers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know they're 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 hearing more about what they what they want to hear, and the and the views are very very insulated, and you know and like. So you're like so you're you're the country's getting a bit divided over these topics, and there's no mixing pots now. Like you know, so you know you know like people aren't respecting each other across the aisle. They're they're not they don't they've lost the ability to disagree agreeably. 
You know what I mean? To say, oh, you know what? Yeah. Yes. I see your point of view, and I think that could be that's a dangerous thing. You know, like because democracies are built on, you know, the ability to disagree in an agreeable manner. <laughs> and um, you know, I think we all we all want the same things in life: life, liberty, happiness, a good family, a good you know fair chance. I just think what's going on right now is I think people, you know, people aren't the people don't know where to turn to to trust information right now and that's where public relations can come in and play a really strong role mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean for people yes, sure. like where we you know, where we can tell the story and that's another yeah. reason yeah. this industry has to stay intact you know what i mean because we need somebody who can like correct a lot of the misinformation or like you know as ai comes on you're going to see deep fakes come out and other things we need somebody to stand up and make incorrect in you know, stand up for the truth of what's going on. Tom, I've got two final questions for you, okay? Yes. And the first one is, who who are your heroes and mentors? Oh, heroes and mentors. Well, you know, my first, I guess, first hero and mentor has to be my mother and father. Mm-hmm. You know, my father, you know, came off the boat from Ireland um, and um, came here and started a life, and he raised five kids you know, so he had, you know, you know, myself in the middle, but in my, you know, my brother's a renowned attorney, my sister's an amazing CPA, and now my CFO, my other brother's an analyst in finance, my other brother's a location scout making movies. And they did all this, literally wow. raised us in a small house, four boys in one room, and, you know, so he's come a long way, and my mother, literally, I watched her for the first 20 years of my life, she literally, she would go without shoes to make sure we had them. So there's no one better than those two. I mean, um, you know, you know, within um, within the larger world, like, you know, um, I had a football coach named Rich Houston who played for the Giants, and mm-hmm. he was a guy who literally, you know, like, you know, like taught me the, the you know, the, you know, how to work hard and how to work towards something. You know, um, same kind of thing. I had a grandmother, my <laughs> Teresa Gimlin, who literally supported me every way. And then in the larger world, I mean, obviously there's, you know, uh, whether it's the Pope or whether it's John F. Kennedy, there's mm-hmm. people out there who you feel like, you know, who, you know, um, who help raise the moral, um, you know, the the moral conscious of the world. And that's the people I admire, the people who, you know, you know, who you know, want to make a meaningful impact on the world, want to make a dent in the world, you know, to make it better. And, you know, you know, um, so, you know, sometimes you look for guidance outside, you know, to other people, look for the people who are doing great things for others. Amen. Amen. And my final question, Tom, how do you want to be remembered? Oh gosh. Well, I I mean, I'd like to be remembered. You got you've got a long way to go. So, but but <laughs> yeah, nonetheless, you're you're a good guy, Art. Um I, I listen, I want to be remembered as a person who cared about other people, who was um who um who was honest and worked hard for others and um and you know, helped to, you know, help to make a positive impact on the world. And you know, and showed other people that, you know, you know, you can do well by doing good. And I think people need to know that because it does, you don't have to choose one or the other. 
you can really you can be a good person. You could take good care of people, and you could do still do very well in your life. So I if and I think if more people thought that way, you know I think that's the future of the com- country we want to live in, where we you know we, we prop up our neighbor and prop up our partners and prop up our friends, you know, and that's 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 what I love to be remembered as as somebody who did that well. Well, Tom Coyne, my friend, on behalf of PR Masters podcast listeners, I really, really thank you for joining us today. You've given you've given us a great deal to think about, and you've given a great deal of yourself and your agency to the public relations industry, and I've always been one of your biggest fans. So thank you. Thank you so much, Tom. This was great, and I enjoyed visiting with you again. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, and uh, just thanks for being the great guy you are, and thanks for all uh, you do for this industry. Honestly, you know, you're, you know, you're one of the people who keep the bright light burning on PR and, you know, and I appreciate that you just have this platform and that, you you know, you do such a great job. So, um, it's, you know, it's my privilege to be here with you. So thanks again. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much. And folks, that's it for today. Thank you all for joining us. And thank you, Faye Shapiro, who is the publisher and editor in chief of Compro. Thank you, Faye, for your support and sponsorship of these podcasts, which are now in their fourth year. So this is Arch Stevens, your host, signing off. And until next time, be well, everybody.